certified health coach. I help people heal their relationships with food and their bodies. As you guys probably know, my cookbook, Vegan Buddha Bowls, got released last week. You can order that wherever books are available. I'm so excited that it is finally out in the world. I feel as though I just climbed a mountain by finishing the book, having it be published, being on KTLA, which is Los Angeles' local news station. I feel like I climbed this mountain and now I'm at this mountain and I'm sitting here reflecting, looking at the view, basking in the sun with gratitude and joy and peace and all of these other nice fuzzy feelings. And also looking for the next mountain to climb. I am a high-achieving, driven, creative female entrepreneur. And I'm really excited as I'm sitting here on top of my imaginary mountain, looking at all of the other potential mountains to climb, and excited that I get to choose a new one. Now that said, I didn't release a podcast last week because I fell behind with work, with everything that was going on. So I apologize for the inconsistencies and leaving you hanging. Hopefully it gave you an opportunity to go back and listen to some of the podcasts that you had missed and get more caught up on some other episodes on the pod. January was a really magical month. I don't have another word for it. A lot of really cool shit happened. Like I mentioned, the book, KTLA, that was an amazing opportunity. I was really afraid. I almost didn't do KTLA, by the way. TBH. Was really afraid. But I did it, and I'm happy I faced my fears. But I also hosted my first ever women's retreat, the Food Body Soul Retreat. So as you guys may or may not have heard me share before, I have a group coaching program called Food Body Soul. It's three months long. It's virtual. But it closes up with an in-person retreat. That retreat was in January and it went better than I imagined. Aside from Brent who cooked all the food, he did slice his finger open and need to go to the ER, which was unexpected and scary. But he's fine. His his finger is healing great. Aside from that, the the retreat was like perfect. I, I couldn't have imagined it going better than it went. It went better than I thought. In fact, I probably had some thoughts that maybe like some shit would go awry and that was not the case. And I'm still like, wow, that happened. At the retreat, I invited the ladies to keep working with me and invited them into my program, Soul on Fire. Soul on Fire is invite only. As of now, it's not open to the public. It's only open to those who have graduated Food, Body, Soul. And I'm thrilled that every woman decided to continue on. And Soul on Fire is really about sisterhood. It's about spirituality, strengthening your intuition to use that to guide your life. And it's about really expanding your capacity to deal with life powerfully, whatever life throws at you. Because like life is always going to be stressful. We're always going to have stressful jobs or, or stuff happen with our family or our kids or our friends. And we want to equip ourselves to deal with life in powerful ways, in self-caring ways, as opposed to relapsing and going back to using food and body as a coping mechanism. So that's really what Soul on Fire is about. These women have made so much progress and they want to keep going on this path, which I totally get and I'm so stoked about. And I also hired my first employee in the month of January. So fingers crossed I don't fall behind again 
with work and all of those things. So yeah, it was a great month. Just wanted to give you a little bit of an update. And today I want to talk about how I'm grateful for my eating disorder. I want to talk about how the wound is where the light enters. And part of the reason why I want to have this conversation is because I know that when we're in the thick of it, when we're in the messy middle, when we're in the breakdowns that come before the breakthroughs, it's hard to think that we could ever be grateful for it. How can we be grateful for the pain that it's caused us? And I've had conversations with clients where, where I've brought up this possibility of being grateful. And they're like, you know what? I'm not there yet right now. This is destroying my life and I hate it. So if that's you, please know that I get it. Now before I dive in to today's podcast, I wanted to read a testimonial, a recent testimonial from one of my clients. We just wrapped up a three-month one-on-one coaching container and I wanted to share it with you so that you could get an idea of what it's like to work with me if you are interested in learning about coaching. So here's the testimonial. It is from my client Marie. So thank you Marie for sending this in. She says, I always thought that I had to come up with just enough discipline and willpower to change my eating habits. All I wanted was to be skinny and pretty, aka good enough. When I started working with Kara, my mindset changed completely. She made me aware of how diet culture affects us, taught me about restriction and weight neutrality, and gave me practical tools to practice. I already experienced a major shift in my relationship with food after our third call. The more I eased my mind into this new way of thinking, I saw changes in my life outside of food as well. I am intrinsically motivated to work out because I am not trying to please other people by the way I look anymore. And most importantly, I now listen more to myself than I do to what the world tells me. When it got tough, Kara always reminded me to be compassionate with myself and my journey. She encouraged me to stand up for my needs and be my unapologetic self. Through Kara, I found a a new sense of compassion towards myself, and it feels so good to finally trust my body and to embrace it. Thank you, Kara. Thank you for your understanding, for listening, and for your advice. You have changed my life in an invaluable way. You gave me a sense of empowerment I never had before, and I'll forever be grateful for this journey. You inspire me to be myself and to give less fucks. All of the love. Woo! Yay! Let's give less fucks. If you guys remember from like episode five, I talked about how that was one of my missions in the world was to help women give less fucks about how the world wants them to be. One of the reasons why I loved this testimonial, um, thank you Marie again. It was a pleasure working with you. But one of the things that she had said was, I saw changes in my life outside of food. Something I talk about on the podcast a lot is, is how there's a ripple effect. There's a ripple effect in our life when we are struggling with food, right? So when we're struggling with food, it's hard to go out to eat. We're hiding, we're sneaking around, we're insecure when we're going out with our friends or our family, and it has a negative ripple effect. The good news is that when you start to do the healing around food and body, there's a positive ripple effect. And you're going to start to notice a shift in all of your relationships in all of the areas of your life you're going to have more energy you're going to have a uh, your mood will be better you'll probably sleep better you'll be more confident at work you'll be more confident in your relationships you'll be going out to eat and not worrying about the menu all of these things and I really loved how Marie said that she saw changes outside of food as well because truly 
healing will have a ripple effect. It will change your life. It will be so much more than just the food. And I think that that beautifully leads into today's topic about how I'm so grateful for my eating disorder, which sounds radical. I know how radical and insane that might sound, truly. If someone had told me while I was struggling with my eating disorder that I'd one day be grateful, that I'd look back and think, wow, that was one of the best things that happened to me, I would have thought they had no idea what they were fucking talking about. So if that's you, I feel you, I get you, I was you. Because having an eating disorder is the most painful thing I've experienced in my life. If you're currently struggling or have struggled, then you likely relate to that sentiment. You know, the racing thoughts, the preoccupation, the planning, the sneaking around, the shame, the insecurity, the fear, the exhaustion, the body hatred, which deep down really was just a reflection of my self-hatred my lack of self-acceptance. It was painful. It was overwhelming. It interrupted my life. I made it hard to enjoy life. So without a doubt, it has been one of the most formative experiences and it's greatly influenced the trajectory and direction of my life that I took in life. But it's only been in the last few years that I've had this level of clarity and have been able to have gratitude. So if you've listened to the pod, you've heard me say this quote from Steve Jobs many times, but I believe that it beautifully illustrates what I'm getting at here. So Steve says, Steve, we're on a first name basis, you know what I mean? Me and Steve Jobs, Um, just kidding. Steve Jobs said, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. So you have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future. You have to trust in something, your gut, destiny, life, karma, whatever. This approach has never let me down and it has made all of the difference in my life. So when I look back, the dots do in fact connect. I can clearly see that my eating disorder happened for me. It happened for me, not to me. I was not the victim of my eating disorder. It was an experience that happened for me so that I could be where I am in my life right now. So I want to share with you why this is in no particular order like why I'm grateful I just wrote out whatever came up for me when I was prepping for this podcast so let's dive in the first thing is that my eating disorder was a coping mechanism that helped me get through life while there is no doubt that eating disorders disordered eating yo-yo dieting binge eating they're maladaptive They have a negative feedback loop and often they create just as much trouble as they help us escape from. However, I didn't know how else to find control or comfort in my life at the time. So I was, you know, age 14, 15 to age 25. And during that 10-year period, my, my parents were going through a really agrimonious divorce. We also went through, um... Losing our home, my mom barely able, being able to put food on the table, living, we moved in, we had our friend, like my mom had some friends move in with us to help us pay the rent. My dad wasn't around for a while. Um, I wasn't living with my brothers anymore. Like my sense of family disappeared and I felt incredibly unstable at home, but also at school. And while my parents are great, I've done a lot of inner work to get to a place where I'm not angry or blaming them because trust me, I was fucking pissed at them. Lots of anger. (laughs) But through a lot of work, I can have compassion on them. And I can still look back and see how they were not always there for me in the ways that I needed. 
It isn't a criticism on them. I truly know that they did the best that they could with what they had. And I really could have used compassion, empathy, stability. I honestly probably could have used a lot of therapy as a kid too. During middle school, high school, and college, my parents, like I said, were going through this agrimonious divorce. And I was really insecure. And I turned to my eating disorder to cope with the intensity of life. Fixating on food, numbers, pounds, what I looked like, binge eating, it all gave me a way to escape. It gave me a way to have control. It gave me a way to feel like I was doing good, right? Like when we're like, when we're, when we're like controlling our food, we, we have like a sense of confidence that comes from it. We feel like we're doing something that's good for us or that we can be proud of, especially because of how our society is set up. And so I know that my eating disorder was kind of a life raft, a life raft in some degree, like helping me get through the traumatic experiences and the instability. I had it to turn to and it was kind of a form of escapism, right? Um, and avoidance of the issues, but I wasn't equipped to deal with that which I was escaping and avoiding. I wasn't equipped to deal with life and my eating disorder was there to help me get through life. And I'm really grateful for that. Number two, binge eating confronted me and brought me pleasure into my life. Now, I have a lot of mixed feelings about binge eating and about my eating disorder, about food back in the day. I hated it and I loved it, right? Like it's this polarity, this contrast. I was so afraid of weight gain, so obsessed with trying to be the thinnest and the prettiest. And I literally could not stop thinking about food. The mental aspect drove me insane. The racing thoughts might have been the worst part of it all. But at the same time, locking myself up in my room to binge was how I found peace, comfort, and pleasure. It's how I weathered the storm of life. Truly, it was an addiction rooted in unhealed trauma. And it's how I comforted myself. Now, I've talked about this on the podcast. I don't believe that food is physiologically addicting. I don't agree with the sugar addiction conversation at all. I've looked at the research. It doesn't add up. But you can truly be addicted to anything such that if you are avoiding dealing with something, you get addicted to something as a way to escape it or avoid it or numb or or cope or suppress, et cetera, et cetera, right? So I believe that my eating disorder was an addiction, not that the food was addicting, but that I had unhealed trauma and I didn't know how to take care of myself and this is how I dealt with it. This is how, so I'm thankful that I had food there when I didn't know where else to turn to or that I was too ashamed for asking for help. Like I hated the binging and the purging, but at the same time I looked forward to it because it was when my mind calmed down. When I would be in my room surrounded by all of my foods, I just got to check out. I didn't have to think about stuff for a little bit. It was like relief, peace, calm, quiet. It's how I found it. It's how I kind of stabilized myself. Now, again, it wasn't healthy. It was a maladaptive behaviors. I hated myself for the behavior, but at the same time, it really helped me up to a certain point, of course. But I can look back and be grateful for the fact that it I didn't know how else to bring pleasure and comfort into my life. This is how I did it. And it and it was helpful to an extent. Number three. It was my alarm bell that eventually woke me the fuck up to get the help that I needed. So had I not had some destructive, unhealthy behavior that was interfering with everyday life, I wouldn't have known that I had work to do on myself. 
that I had healing that needed to be done. You've heard this a million times, but it's not about the food. Now, the one exception is if you have um, socioeconomic disadvantages that leads to food scarcity, in which case that is a bit of an exception and like we need to get food on the, on the table consistently. But outside of that, it's never about the food. Food is about control and rules and coping and taking up less space. And it's never really about your weight or what you look like. It's about worth and value and love and acceptance in a world that tells you you're not good enough unless you're thin enough, unless you adhere to the standard. Now, the obsession with food and body is how the unhealed trauma, the anxiety, the fear, the stress, the wounds, it's how it was presenting itself. It's how it was showing up. It was my scapegoat. I thought it was about the food. I thought it was about my weight. I thought I had a food obsession, a food addiction. I thought that I was tortured by the food. But really, it was never really about those things. That's just how it was showing up. It was the tip of the iceberg. But really, what it was about was everything underneath the water. Especially if you identify as an emotional eater, I really want you to get that the eating is showing you that there are things to address. That you need to feel your feelings and work through them so you're not numbing or escaping the real issues by fixating on the food. Now that said, there's nothing wrong with eating emotionally. If I've had a hard day, I'm probably going to want comfort food and I'm going to allow it to soothe me and take the edge off and you know, hope that it helps me feel a little bit better and then move on with my life. I don't think emotional eating is a problem. I think that emotional eating can actually be a really helpful, healthy thing. The problem is when we shame ourselves for it when we guilt ourselves for it when we make it wrong that's when we retoxify our system and we fixate on the food as opposed to dealing with that which caused us stress that's the problem emotional eating in and of itself is actually a a, like a, a pretty benign helpful thing like if you are sad and ice cream cheers you up and you eat ice cream and then you're a little happier well thank god for ice cream that was a healthy, helpful thing. That's my point. But if you eat the ice cream and then beat yourself up for it, that's that's not helpful at all. Okay, so my point is, it let me know that I had work to do. Had I not had this eating disorder, I, I wouldn't have known that I had all of this trauma that needed to, to be healed. Number four, my struggles with body image, hating my body, became my greatest teacher of unconditional love. My greatest teacher of self-acceptance and of compassion. Wanting to understand why I hated my body so much, why I was so afraid of fat, led me down this road of like deeply educating myself, like college education level on anti-fat bias and on weight stigma in our culture. It radically changed the way I see the world. It opened my eyes to that which is intentionally hidden from us in our culture. It helped me understand oppression, internalized oppression, external oppression. It helped me understand our culture more. It helped me understand the patriarchy more. It helped me understand why I viewed myself the way that I did. And ultimately, my I relied on being thin and pretty to be safe in the world. I had really, really low self-esteem and I didn't like who I was and I didn't think that I was good enough. But I thought as long as I was thin and pretty, I'd be okay, which is why I made being thin and pretty so important is because I thought it was kind of like the only good thing about me or the only thing I had going for me. I thought that I was not a good person or cool or smart or intelligent. And so I was like, well, as long as I'm thin and pretty, at least I have that. When I, when I got into the recovery process... 
that was my teacher. It actually allowed me to cultivate self-acceptance and, and compassion and empathy. And it actually started to help me see that I do have a lot else to offer the world, that there is more to me than just what I look like. And my body image struggles were the gateway to that. And self-acceptance is radical. It makes you less afraid of judgment. You are less likely to compare yourself. You're more confident in every area of your life when you accept who you are. You're more compassionate. You know yourself better. You cultivate self-awareness. Like all of these good things had come from that. So my negative body image was a was one of my greatest teachers of unconditional love and self-acceptance. Number five, it led me to do personal development work and coaching, which has radically and profoundly changed my life. So I've mentioned this before. I didn't seek out traditional eating disorder treatment. I went to personal development seminars and trainings and workshops, and I had my mind blown. You know, through that education, I healed my trauma. I had profound paradigm shifting perspective shifts and conversations. I learned communication skills. I cultivated forgiveness for my parents. I gained confidence. I gained an understanding of how I am not my thoughts. I am not my mind. I was able to see the world in a more objective way. I learned how to no longer be at the effect of my life, but see myself as a response, being being responsible for my life, being the creator of my life, being the source of the possibility for myself and my life. I learned how to feel empowered. I learned self-worth confidence, all of these things through personal development work. And I went to that because of my eating disorder. And at one of those workshops I went to, I met Brandilyn Tebow. I had mentioned that I had an eating disorder and she came up to me and we became Facebook friends and we didn't really keep in touch. But years later, I was having a bit of an emotional breakdown and she was popping up in my Facebook feed talking about her coaching. And I hired her as a life coach and she helped me so much. She radically changed my life. And you know, I had no idea when I met Brandilyn years ago that, that she would eventually pop back up, pop back up into my life. But you know what? Life is cyclical. It goes in cycles. Things always come back. You meet someone randomly and then all of a sudden they pop back up in your life. It's beautiful synchronicities. And I would have had no idea, right? Like I, I, I wouldn't have been a coach. I wouldn't be a coach right now without Brandolyn. And I wouldn't have met Brandolyn without my eating disorder. So you see, like, the dots are connecting. That's what I'm getting at. Okay. Number six, my eating disorder fueled my interest in food. So without it, I don't think I ever would have became passionate about cooking. I wouldn't have taught myself how to cook. I wouldn't have learned about the food system or nutrition or the government involvement in food availability. And I probably would have not started a food blog or opened up a restaurant or became a health coach. So my eating disorder really influenced my trajectory, my career, which is number seven. My eating disorder is why I have the career and business that I have now. If you would have told me three years ago when I sold my first business, my cafe, that I would eventually start another business utilizing my experience having an eating disorder to literally help change the lives of others, I wouldn't have believed you if you would have told me that I would eventually identify as a healer, as a light worker, as a transformational coach. I probably would not have believed you. I've been like, nah, you got the wrong girl. But here I am (laughs) as a coach with a business helping other women heal their relationships with food and their bodies. I'm making an impact and I'm using the darkest experience of my life to do that. The wound is where the light enters. 
I've taken the darkest parts of myself and I've transmuted it into light and I'm helping others do the same. This experience has been the greatest teacher of my life. And it is the same experience that allows me to be of service to the world, to give back, to make an impact, to have a business, to help you listening. So if you are listening and you doubt that you will ever get to a place where you can say thank you darkness, thank you eating disorder, thank you binge eating, dieting, thank you. If you are doubting that you will ever get to a place where you will be happy that you went through that struggle, then let this podcast plant a seed. A seed of possibility of what's available to you and possible for you on the other side. And if you are listening and you aspire to turn your experience into a business, if you aspire to be a coach, to help others, to to heal from their food and body struggles too, and you're curious, you're looking for guidance, shoot me a DM or reach out via my website. I'm at Carrie's Kitchen on Instagram. I have been in the works with Brandolyn. We're putting together an incredible program specifically for you women who are high-achieving, heart-centered entrepreneurs and you want to make an impact as a food and a body image coach while creating a business that is sustainable and profitable and truly makes the world a better place. I have something in store for you guys so you can reach out to me to be added to the wait list or to learn more or just keep your eyes peeled because that is what is cooking in the oven right now. So I hope that you got something out of this episode. I hope that you can see that this might not be the struggle that you're going through could actually be something really beautiful that you years in the future when you get through recovery you can look back and see how the dots connected how it all happened for a reason there was a larger plan at play that it happened for you even if you can't see it right now even if if that seems radical again let this be a seed of possibility If you liked this podcast, shoot me a DM, let me know, leave a ratings and review on iTunes, share it with a friend who needs to hear it. If you have any follow-up questions, please reach out to me. I always love hearing from you and I will see you guys next week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Love Your Bot Podcast.